I will promise you this, that if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. And as Commander-in-Chief, I have determined that it is in our vital national interest to send an additional 30,000 U.S. troops to Afghanistan. There's a time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. On the Wake Up Radio, I am your host, Joel Saiji. Make me free. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio Show. You're listening to Make Me Free. This is your host, Joel Saiji. And call in live at 844-818-4433. It is $2.99 per minute. You must be 18 years of older to participate, where you can catch our replays on OTW2, Google, Apple Products, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and as well the hard fought out social media program iHeartRadio. Cool teeth and nail for that one. But in any case, you can catch the new website up at otwtube.com where it is free speech friendly, no censorship whatsoever. And also, if you can, please donate two or five dollars or any amount which will go directly to the website as well as the airtime. It is a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world with the prices going up as such. And if you appreciate, and I do mean appreciate, the free content that we provide here, please help us keep the message uncensored and free. You can donate through PayPal at OnTheWakeUpRadio at gmail.com. And again, that's PayPal at OnTheWakeUpRadio at gmail.com. Also in that, you can donate through Zelly with the same address, on the wake up. Radio at gmail.com or simply cash app at dollar sign on the wake up radio. And we're all familiar with PayPal. But definitely, we want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. It's been a layoff, uh, but definitely much needed. Uh, just coming back at you with some our typical questionable thought processing, thought processing topics that we like to bring in there. Try to get the brain moving a little bit on this show here. Um, and again, love and light and peace to those that have been with us from the beginning, as well as those tuning in for the first time. We want to say, again, thank you for participating in tonight's show. Uh, tonight's topic, as you can hear with the song uh, being played, promises that are really never kept. And in relation to that, you know how... And you know, this is just an, you know an example beyond, beyond uh, tonight's topic, but you know how just an example, and we all have done it, we all did it, we all had history and experience with this said example. One being a contract of some sort or a general agreement between two parties where one is supposed to supply the other party with means 
that were promised during maybe a bargaining exchange or a uh, communication level or just a basic agreement, you know, I don't make too much noise at a certain time. Um, I can let you borrow this money under said pretenses or, you know, I need my money back by such and such a date. You know, we all come into that. And, and as the song pretty much explains, promises, promises. And some of those promises were never meant to be kept. Someone would come up to you with the bold-faced lie of say, hey, man, I'll pay you back such and such. I really, 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 really need this from you. And hey, I'm pretty sure you used it, you know, but only on desperate measures. It's not like you make a practice or a habit of it, but I'm pretty sure you've broken that glass. You kicked that can or you threw that rock. I'm pretty sure at some point you had. I've done it. I never fell through maybe with the uh, date proposed, but maybe a day later or two, I was able to fall through. Maybe not on the exact day that I had mentioned, but I was still able to follow through. Now, as we're speaking of promises, promises, and as the gentleman did state, they're never kept. Uh, one that I would like to bring into tonight's main topic of tonight's show is treaties of such said parties. One being the United States of America government and the treaties that were supposed to be held in good faith and in good measure and signed and dotted and, you know, read aloud and, you know, Maybe partied over for a certain day or two. But then the underlining of the contract would be exposed unbeknownst to the party that had agreed to it. Uh, I'm really going to go into the topic now of and follow along. I didn't actually put the links in there, but I'll throw them in a little later. But in this case. I was going with a treaty that's broken and might have been touched on for a certain period of time, but with the uh, treaty that I'm thinking about in exceptions to tonight's show, 1948 uh, Supreme Court ruling uh, 191 at the time, I believe the year was 1848. Where a said judge, uh, I believe I may have had him somewhere around here, uh, but the said judge gave ruling that at the time of, in that time before 49, and everybody knows, I believe if you're familiar with 49, you know the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers, that is the year of the gold rush, that is when the uh, migration or the American frontier basically exploded and from that we can see that the people that were already in these areas where this gold was discovered were being actually eliminated as such and you can whatever words you whatever uh, other word you want to use for eliminated you can throw in there 
uh, killed, murdered, burned, forced out, kicked out, you know, whatever you want to say. But I'm using the word eliminated, pushed out in this case. But, you know, eliminated from the land, pushed away based on the fact that gold had been discovered in a certain area of the West. There's a clip we're going to play uh, with the name mentioned of the first person to discover this and then what actions led into, you know, the Treaty of 1848 and then the gold that was discovered in 49, which led to basically treaties being broken based upon the fact of greed, overzealous, and just in you, you main uh, way of thinking or communicating with people. Nothing was done in a right state where you would think, you know, these people coming over here to a foreign land that they've never been in and you really have no idea how to cultivate the land itself would maybe try to maybe ask a question of such. But when nothing actually evolved from that and you're taking on a migration of 100 plus, 300 plus thousand people into this 49ers gold rush. They had to put these trees in place because the Indians were being pushed out of their land, eliminated from the land, like I was saying, murdered off their land, shot off their land, wars went on. During this time, trails were discovered. The Freedom Trail, the Laramie Trail, the Oregon Trail, and many other trails that I'm pretty sure that you know of during history study class of the American U.S. history uh, study. Uh, in high school, junior high, I'm, you you know all these trails. Uh, but in this case, these trails were used in the comfort of travel from people in the East that had heard of this gold rush discovery. And here in exact, uh, treaties were signed uh, back in, I believe, Thomas Jefferson signed one of the first treaties uh, that gave the uh, Indian sovereignty. Um, and we all hear sovereignty now and then being portrayed on social media. I follow a few more myself that, you know, follow along with uh, the practice. And I try to educate myself in that. But again, they had these, at the time, these treaties of such. Uh, and I believe within these treaties, there was one that I want to pull up in, in exact and kind of like read it off for you just to give you an idea. The court case of the United States versus the hairs of Henry Turner uh, in Tunica. Uh, case 32 United States Appellate Court in 1850. Uh, it was here that the hairs of Turner, in this case in 1848, uh, the Supreme Justice, and this is the guy I was just speaking of, uh, trying to speak of rather, Theo H. McCabe declared that the United States does not own the land of the ancient mound builders of North America. Uh, the mound builders at that time had over a hundred, I'm sorry, one million square miles of land. Moors, as they're calling them, are the title holders. The titles are El, Bay, Day, Al, and Ali. Translated as the five civilized so-called Indian tribes, Choctaw, Cherokee, Chick uh, Chickasaw, Creek, and Seminole uh, Yamasee. 
Also, the court declared that the lawful landowner of the heirs of Henry Turner at the time uh, discriminated through the adoption of the following resolutions, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act at that, well, in this time in 1864 to work with the state governments that affirmed uh, protect treaty rights in order to develop multilateral documents and initiatives to combat violations of treaty rights throughout the United States. But, again, as I'm reading this, the United States to the more treaty rights and desires of the United States for the most effective and principled response in light of the range of violations of Moore's treaty rights by a variety of persecuting regimes and the status of the relations of the United States with the Moorish Empire to work with the state governments that affirm and protect Moorish treaty rights in order to develop multilateral documents and initiatives to combat violations of Moorish treaty rights and promote the treaty rights abroad. Now, basically, that's what it's saying there is they had given them those rights of those lands, but it came with basically strings, <laughs> better words, stipulations in another case and just, you know, underlining means. What they did basically was gave them a treaty, but in this case here, 1905, in which the United States courts ruled that a treaty is a grant of rights to the Indians, but a grant of rights from them. Not a grant of rights to the Indians, but a grant of rights from them. Any right not explicitly extinguished by a treaty or a federal statute is considered to be reserved to the tribe. Even when the tribe is officially terminated by Congress, it retains any and all rights that are not specifically mentioned in the termination statute a more commonly cited source of federal power over Native Americans of affairs is the Commerce Clause of the United States Constitution, which provides that Congress shall have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among several states and with the Indian tribes. Later, it will be called the Plenary Power. Now, just to give you an idea of what Commerce Clause is, I kind of like took a time out to kind of like research that word itself. It states here, the provisions of the United States Constitution that gives Congress exclusive powers over trade activities among the states and with foreign countries and Indian tribes, which I basically just read. But that's like the root definition of it. So again, even though they're giving you them at the time said sovereignty quote unquote it still came with strings they were still able to again dictate how the land could be be used for basically they were just saying that hey you guys can live here for a certain period of time until we come up with maybe some other means to occupy this land to the best of which we can use not for the best of which you can use because we already know you guys know the land you already use it to your advantage but for our benefit in this case and then, with uh, again, as I'm stating, the 49 Gold Rush took on a lot of uh, foreigners, um, not only in this country alone, but throughout the world, even the Asian community. And I believe this is, again, we can trace back to when the Asians came over during the Gold Rush and how they were subjected to 
inhumane means, again, setting up railroads, uh, helping dig for gold, you know, basically to whatever contract that they worked it out. Uh, but still, no, back to the street. Trees, in that case. We're going to play it maybe just a little clip uh, just to give you guys an idea uh, what we're talking about. Uh, let's roll that tape. Every Indian outbreak that I've ever known has resulted from broken promises and broken treaties by the government. Buffalo Bill. When these treaties were broken, the result was the Sand Creek Massacre. Many Indians died because of this uncalled attacks on Black Kettle and his tribe. There's additionally been numerous amounts of massacres leading up to this dreadful attack. Mostly all of them were over treaties they created between themselves and the U.S., all of them broken by westward expansion. The major issue between whites and the Indians was keeping these treaties from being broken and maintaining peace. A lot of the treaties were over maintaining lands for in the Indians. Though the white population rising quickly, the whites had trouble keeping their promises. With war uprising between the two, nothing seemed to be getting better. The treaties were responsible for keeping the war from happening, but they could not hold. These unfulfilled treaties have forever changed Indian history. It may be regarded as certain that not a foot of land will ever be taken from the Indians without their own consent. Thomas Jefferson, 1786. Inspiration to move westward in the 1830s inspired the article of Manifest Destiny to be written in 1845. This said that it is our destiny to go expand west and live a new life, and in 1846, Americans exploded west to fulfill this destiny. As soon as the Americans left, the West was a total battleground. Hundreds of Indians were wiped out, and countless towns were destroyed. On January 24, 1848, James Marshall, a mechanic, saw gold. This started the most frantic movement for wealth in history, and people went insane. Thousands of people from the U.S. and from all around the world came to look for gold. Some came as far as Asia. This was the gold rush of 1849. This changed the relationship between the Indians and the oncoming whites throughout the time period. Eventually, the Indians were getting frustrated with how many whites were coming onto their lands. They were taking up their resources, giving them diseases, and taking their land. This is when treaties started to be signed. In 1851, the gold rush traffic had increased traffic between Arkansas and Missouri rivers, so the 1851 Fort Laramie Treaty was created. The treaty was established to protect the right-of-way for migrants. It was signed September 17th between the United States Treaty Commissioners and representatives of seven, seven different Indian nations, including the Cheyenne, Arapaho, and Sioux. The Indians stated in the treaty through the land. Several tribes never received the payments. Additionally, the treaty only introduced a brief period of peace. It was broken by failure of the United States government to prevent mass immigration of the settlers and miners from the Indians' territory. So again, since the treaty was written in English and many Indians representatives had not actually understood what they had agreed to, uh, most of these treaties were actually broken uh, in the terms of treaty. Um, many white immigrants did not respect the treaty as such. Many migrants veered off the Oregon Trail and the U.S. Army failed to intervene when this happened. So again, traveling uh, through a trail and, and wandering off, I believe there was an incident where actual war happened where uh, I believe a, a cow was killed by an Indian. Uh, the said traveler had to go to the fort at the time uh, and let it be known. So the fort came back to the uh, known Indians in the area and talked to the chief. Uh, the chief wouldn't, I guess, either uh, acknowledge the fact of the killing as they did veer off the trail. But again, uh, there was uh, another law set in place where 
if you were in a Indian land at the time during the treaty uh, and you probably broke one of their said laws, the Indians couldn't like really uh, prosecute you based on the fact that you're not Indian. So the government kind of like had these laws, even though they had treaties, they still had these set on top laws to combat anything that would give the people power. Uh, one such person uh, that kind of like put this all on the forefront to end all uh, rights of, of this was in the United States, United States versus Winans. And with the United States courts ruled that a treaty, not a grant of, of rights to the Indians, but a, a grant of rights from them, it, any right not explicitly extinguished by a treaty or a federal statute is considered to be reserved to the tribe. Even when the tribe is officially terminated by Congress, it remains, it retains rather, any and all rights that are not specific, specifically mentioned. Going back to what I was kind of like going over a little bit earlier, now, treaties, I believe, ended in 1871. Uh, I believe you can look that up, too, uh, yourself. Uh, but the Manstrate, I believe, uh, at the time. Here we go. Congress. Longwish. One particular gentleman uh, wanted to eliminate any and all sovereignty treaties that we had, calling them animals of such and just didn't you know just really didn't want to recognize them at all he was calling them scoundrels of, of some sort and saying how are we recognizing these as little nations within the nation when we ourselves are the great nation and he kind of like eliminated all sovereignty equally powers uh during this course of time i want to try to pull this up at the time, and again, you can look this up yourself as I'm reading these out, but Lone Wolf and Hitchcock uh, is another court case. Uh, 187 U.S. 553 23 uh, SCT-216. Uh, look that up for yourself. In which Congress broke a treaty provision that had guaranteed that no more concessions of land would be made without the consent of three-fourths of the adult males from the Kiowa and Comanche tribes. In justifying this obligation... Justice Edward D. White declared that when treaties were, were entered in, into between the United States and the tribe of the Indians, it was never doubted that the power to abrogate existed in Congress and that in contingency, such power might be availed uh, from consideration of government governmental policies, basically. So they never really gave them the foothold or the stronghold that they were alluding to. And then with coming with a treaty, trying to make someone sign, that's why if you work in customer service, and I'm sure you have this as an example, but if you work in customer service and you get on the phone like, hey, such and such, I'm representing such and such, my name is boom, boom, boom. Uh, how, how are you doing? If you, a customer service representative, you have had this response. Uh, do you have a Spanish-speaking personnel? Because they want to know fully well uh, what the hell you're talking about. They may know a little English here and there. They may be familiar with hello and hi and bye. But when you start getting into the specifics of the conversation and what they're trying to 
achieve as an uh, or eliminate as an issue and you're trying to help them eliminate that issue you're going to need clear and precise and understandable words that can be translated between both parties where there is no misunderstanding whatsoever and you know as well that no one likes to be misunderstood well no one wants to have someone talk to them and not understand what the hell they're talking about that's just general that's just general like what you know what the hell are you talking about that ain't make no damn sense say that again you know you get those type of responses and, and this is what the indians were saying like what what we, we're not we ain't understanding that you got a translator and even when they did have translate the translator really couldn't translate right and he was basically offending those that he was speaking to there's a there's a there's a war that actually started from the translator not actually giving the translation right we started in a, 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 a on-site not really on-site but just the right then and there war started from this dude not being able to translate and di- and basically disrespecting those chief and the second chief and chief wife and you and you man you, you can't do that to real no real indians like you really can't say you know you really can't say nigga to to a real nigga sometimes you know what i'm saying you got to be like on a level you got to be matching his his, his ferocity you got to be matching his tone you know and especially if you're a, a, a said person that's not melanin you know you got to be really careful as to how you use your words around certain people and that and that's true in all cases in uh incriminating evidence or incriminating yourself in such a way that's why they always say you just shut the fuck up when you're around you know certain people not to incriminate yourself or make yourself seem guilty of such such causes but again, trying to translate and not fully understanding the language, there is going to be a language barrier and there's going to be, again, a stop in, in a question moment at some point during this ordeal. These are some of the things that the United States have done timelessly and timelessly again. No treaty has ever been fulfilled. Maybe for a short period of time, but not to the extent for which it was set out. Let's say that contracts are set in motion, as you all know, and you have all signed maybe a rental lease. And, you know, within the rental lease itself, there are paragraphs of such and such clauses. And in those clauses, it stipulates what you can and cannot do within said time of renting this space basically that's what the treaty is they're saying we're going to let you rent this land even though we don't own it for a fair price as long as you allow us to move back and forth between this trail without issue basically that's what the treaties were doing allowing the, the process of travel or or whatnot to and fro to these said places when the gold was discovered for them to go about freely without harm or issue that's why these treaties were basically set in place so that anyone white traveling day or night could get through safely without an indian or in this case 
someone mugging them in the in the in the darkness of night. Because basically, that's probably what was happening. They were getting mugged, murdered for basically trespassing. You 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 violating. You're walking on sacred ground. They violated you right then and there. And word came back probably that hey, hey they 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 violating a lot of us up here based on the fact that we don't know what is you know what land is sacred versus what land is sacred to walk through. And once these treaties came about, you could again find out where it is safe to go, where it is safe not to go, what is to be looked at, and what is not to be looked at. Uh, the distance between your travel uh, and if you in your in your in your length of travel, you know, all of this was in the treaty. And when there were like, and I'm pretty sure at the time of these treaties, Indians weren't thinking that a hundred thousand uh, people would be coming from one direction where the sun basically rises, and they every time they look up the sunrise, there's a uh, hundred thousand people coming in their direction on their land, going through their sacred area, all through their area where they fish, you know, and just, you know, <laughs> you've seen it. If you haven't, you've seen it in the movie. The scenes where, and one particular scene, Kevin Costner, I can't think of the movie he's in uh, directly, but he's a uh, frontier. Basically, he's in the, in the service and he's out there surveying the land. So when the, he surveys the lands and gives words back that they're safe out here, what the land looks like, uh, you know, he's out there basically giving them the idea that, yeah, safe out here. Uh, we can expect this, this and that. And then, you know, they come in and put the fort up and then put the fort up in the area where he is. And then they just take over the land from there. So but within this movie, towards the end, you can see when all of the travelers from the east basically the 49ers or what you want to call them they were coming in such masses destroying the land uh, defiling the land you know setting fires just killing animals for no reason urinating in the water you know all kind of stuff that they just wasn't really used to at all and they had to take a stand like anyone would anyone coming into your home or your property just doing anything that willy nilly without uh, any cons- uh, consent or asking, you know, hey, hey, you can, you, hey, I'm having a party. Yeah, you can, you can tear my bed of roses. I can plant some more, or we have enough money to cover the bed of roses that you might tear up. You know, something of that nature never discussed. Probably get your ass slapped, get your head beat, you know, or, you know, kicked out of the area or uh, be befriended. You know, if nothing is discussed and you just coming over to somebody else, just disrespectful. You know, that's that's anybody, any given nation. We're going to play this last uh, little clip uh, from the same uh, video and just go about uh, some of the treaties again in mention that you maybe can write down and research yourself as I have. Um, but you're going to be really interested at the end of this clip. Listen to it a little bit. The immigrants completed with the Indians for depleting resources near the trail. The trail was known as the Freedom Trail to the Americans and the Thieves Trail to the Indian. The people knew it was time to have peace and in 1868 the Fort Laramie Treaty was signed and the Indians had obtained victory. The 
Black Hills was a sacred part of the land for the Sioux people, so they obtained the land as part of their treaty. However, about eight years later, General George Custard led an expedition, accompanied by miners who were determined to find gold. As soon as gold was found inside the area, miners were rushing into Sioux land, and the miners immediately demanded protection from the U.S. military. The Sioux War of 1876 occurred, and the Indian tribes annihilated the army. The U.S. would not give up, though, and in 1877, the American army eventually ended up confiscating the land. Today, the ownership of the Black Hills still remains a major legal dispute between the U.S. and the Sioux tribe. After all those countless years of battle and war, the article Manifest Destiny had played a major role in U.S. history, depending on which side you hear from, the big ups and big downs. For the Americans, the Manifest Destiny was a key component for expanding the country west and finding great wealth through the gold rush. On the other hand, from the Indians' perspective, the Manifest Destiny destroyed what was left of the Indian culture and their homeland. The treaties that were made between the U.S. and the Indians were simply no match for the expansion of the gold rush, and all the treaties were broken many times and were never fulfilled. To this day, the Little Arkansas Treaty still hasn't fully paid back to the Indians. There's been more awareness of this treaty, but no one chooses to enforce it. All of this isn't really fair to the Indians. But where would the U.S. be today without the gold rush? This is an arguable question that has changed people's lives today. They've made us promises, more than I could remember, but they kept one. They promised to take our land, and they took it. That is the only promise ever kept is the seizure of land and the promise to never recognize you as a person here on this earth. That's the promise that they kept. The manifest destiny, uh, as he did speak of, again, had its ups and downs, depending on where you were or who you were in this case. Uh, the upside, again, a key component for land seizure. So basically what they did was write themselves into a law saying that we can take land at basically any given time we want to. We can cut you guys off from source of means of land if we need to for the benefit of our survival. Basically, that is it. That is all. It, 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 nothing else. Uh, the downside, as you did here, again, destroyed the culture of the way of life of the Native American and his homeland definitely snatched out underneath his feet either through means of trickery death persecution or what have you disease famine again some of these treaties led to uh, the government actually being able to clothe and feed you you know and we all know about the, the smallpox ep epidemic back in these times where they were handing out uh, wool blankets for the Indians to keep warm, but they were laced basically with smallpox, causing the smallpox epidemic, causing hundreds of thousands of Native Indians to be basically killed through biochemical warfare. As you see here and around the world today still these practices are still being played out uh agent orange as you have may have heard of back in the vietnam war uh you also have um uh during the uh, war with iraq i believe uh they were spraying chemical stuff then even now uh as we probably speaking at this very minute 
in Israel, they're basically doing the same thing the Palestinians, using biochemical weapons on the people of the land. Nothing has really changed from then to now. It has basically increased maybe in volume. It's probably not really known until years later, but the practices are still the same. The method has not changed whatsoever. Uh, this country itself is evil and conniving. I can say that. Why? Because they have documentations of what they have done. I can say that with proof. I can I can say that with proof. I can say that without any repercussions because why? It's well documented. All I got to do is read it out loud. Like I'm basically doing now. Basically explaining it to you now. So I'm thinking of uh, the right now the uh, link uh, to put up on the website for you guys to kind of like do a little research into this. There's a 31 page uh, link uh, discussing some of these treaties uh, in full length. Uh, there's the uh, sub links there as well that you can click on for the commerce clause uh, legal um, dictionary definition. Um, again, United States versus uh, Wayne's. You, know, you can look up for yourself, uh, especially sections one through six and then through 13, uh, six through 13, uh, which pretty much take on uh, a, a lot of information that was displayed or discussed tonight. You know, in any event, here, let's ask this question upon ourselves. Why did the U.S. violate the Treaty of Fort Laramie? And again, the, broke the terms of the treaty following the Black Hills Gold Rush. So again, greed is basically the means for which all treaties were broken. They did not want those people, or the Indians, the Native people, sitting on wealth, you know, especially when they're coming over broke. And we're pushing them into a land. We're we're basically pushing these guys over into where all the wealth is, not knowing. And then we got settlers, as, as they say, coming in and settling and just, you know, pandering as such and found some type of uh, item that was basically of non-use to the American Indian, maybe not the South American tribes of the Mayans uh, the Aztecs that dwelled in gold and, and rubies and jade and whatnot but the native Indians lived such a simple life where they only needed they only took what they needed from the land to live nothing more nothing less given the land it's time to blossom and flourish as it should not being ransacked and uh, just uh, you know, just in this case, when you think about the atrocities that a fate that came with the seizure of land, you have to think that they were not just killing men, they, they were killing everyone there newborns, seven month olds, teenagers, old women. Young girls, men just now probably uh, going through tribunal, um, uh, cultural events. Uh, uh, the heads, the you know, just eliminated all 
people just for the sake and the fact of getting gold and living their best life. Take that with you when you leave tonight on tonight's show. Think about it in sincerity. Think about your kids. Uh, as you probably may want to play this take back and get this a little more perspective on what we're talking about, especially uh, when I throw in these links uh, into the Facebook page where you can actually go in and, and discover and read them yourself. But I, I don't know why I touched on this topic tonight, but I, I, something just hit me about trees. <laughs> and I know that, you know, we all go through a contract of sorts with ourselves. And, and you know how it feels when somebody don't come through with what is promised. You you know that feeling. You you don't like that feeling because you expecting something back for what you have gave. And that's kind of like the real reason I touched on this because no one in their right mind wants to be duped or play for a sucker, uh, as they say in New York, or you know just a fool all around. Uh, most commonly used. No one wants to be have their kindness uh, using as a weakness. Uh, so they say uh, out there in the uh, Bahamas. You know, so you, you put yourself maybe in the native Indian shoes and, and you coming up with an agreement to have these people you know, walk through just for a point in time but then you, you ain't really calculated the numbers of how many people coming over. Yeah, y'all can spend a night. You inviting people over to spend a night at your house, but then they get out with a damn bus, a yellow school bus full of people. You're like, well, shit. I did say y'all could spend a night, but I really didn't really think it through to ask how many of y'all was coming. You, you gotta start asking questions. And you probably that time we shot ourselves in the foot not asking maybe the questions or again not understanding the language which was difficult to do at the time and then it being written in English and you not under, not being able to stand seven of the nine words written in the sentence is, is the contract is non void we can't we can't use this why because no one really understands everything was undermined from the start these people never was going to give these people any authority whatsoever. Maybe for the point in time that they did until they come up with something better for which they did. And then just start pillaging and confiscating. That's their nature, basically. I mean, let me just say that. It's within their nature. That's all they know. That's what they knew at the time. That was their best offensive move that they only knew of. They never knew of compromise. They Compromise was not a thing. They were, the only compromise that they had was to take, steal, and kill. That solves it all up for tonight's show. I just want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. My name is Joel Saiji. You've been listening to On the Wake Up Radio. Again, I want to send a shout out to my super producer, Sydney Ashby. And you can tune in next week, same time, Sunday, 10 p.m. to 10:30 Eastern Standard Time. And again, you've been listening to On The Wake Up Radio. This is your host, Joel Saiji. Make me free as the show. And again, if you can, make sure you tune in next week. And any donations are greatly appreciated. And until then, peace. Wait a second, y'all.
Well, I got I got something extra to tell you. What? Yes, something extra. You know what this yeah. made me think about? Forty acres and a mule. Did you mm. get, did you get yours? Forty acres and a mule. Did did you get it? No, forty acres and a mule. Ain't nobody got that. But the uh, and again, you can research that yourself. But it is documented as well. Like I say, they keep good documents. But the forty acres and a mule was actually given to the slave holders. Mm. Well, not the actual slave. Yes, the forty acres and a mule was given to the slave holder for him to maintain whatever wealth he may have lost during the fact of the slaves being free. Mm, ain't that something? Now, when you were talking about the gold rush, I just wanted to give a little a little fact knowledge is that that's how Trump's family made its money. Uh, uh, Trump's great-grandfather didn't want to uh, be a part of the war back home in Bulgaria, and so he decided to, he heard about the gold rush that you were highlighting tonight, and he said, fuck the war. Uh, I mean, they would call that a coward where we come from, right? You're not trying to fight for your nation. And so, basically, he came here, and guess what? The gold rush already started. So, basically, he didn't get to it. But one thing, he had a skill. He knew how to cook. He noticed there were a bunch of dead horses around him. And so, someone came down and said, man, it's been grueling. Got all these gold nuggets. I'm hungry. I can't eat these gold nuggets. He said, don't worry about it, partner. I'll make you something. So he proceeded to cut into the horse, fry it up, and guess how much you had to pay him? A gold nugget. See how that works? You wasn't there for it, but you're there for the taking of it. He was able to take those gold nuggets from the hot horse meat he made and go down to town and open up a brothel where he sold some hot pussy. See, there's a... <laughs> so that was a little tidbit I wanted to tell y'all about the gold rush. Then, when you were talking about broken promises, I thought about the fact that there are two types. And I know people like two types, bitch. A broken promise is a broken promise. Well, mm-hmm. there's the, hey, Joe, right? Because I had this happen, right? Hey, Joe, yeah. I got an investor. He's interested. I'm going to give you $5 million dollars. Soon as he comes through with the money, I got you. But this is the same promise a mother says, your father's coming to take you to the baseball game. Your papa don't show up. Are you mad at mama? You ain't mad at mama. That ain't mama's fault. Now, if mama says she was going to take you, she ain't take you. That's mama's broken promise. But that's what that is, right? So it's like, it's a twofold thing. The third thing I wanted to tell you was, Mm. When you were talking about it, I thought about the 99-year lease. And there was an article on June 11, uh, 1990, and it was about how the Indian bill, New York town, as its 99-year lease expires. And so basically, in 1892, it seemed like an idea with a future. The people of Salmanaka, a railroad town in West New York that had been illegally established on Indian land, received leases to rent the property, each lasting 99 years. The Seneca Indians, in turn, received a total payments of 17000 a year. Today, however, only eight months are left to the Salmanaka lease, and the once bright future of this town has been become a grim obsession. Hoping to make up for the inflammatory decades they spent collecting 
1890s rents, the Seneca have set the price of a new lease at 800000 a year. Inflation, right? They have mm-hmm. also asked for an immediate payment of $60 million to make up for the iniquities of the original lease. Homeowners were alarmed. Already, a tentative agreement has been reached that would grant the Senecas their request, and that has alarmed the town's white residents who have been paying as little as a dollar for the land under their homes. Many say they mm-hmm. would rather burn down their houses than to pay the price of the new lease. I shouldn't say this, but I have no intentions of paying $2,000, said Nancy O'Brien, who owns a dry cleaning store with a $24 a year lease. That is the problem with letting other motherfuckers come to your land. You, you get what I'm saying? And then they turn yep. around and tell you, no, but I promise you to dry clean at her motherfucking store is $24 for a pair of motherfucking pantalones. But anyway, I digress. Good night. <laughs> and again, we want to thank you all for tuning in to tonight's show. This again, Make Me Free is the show. I am your host, Joel G. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week, peace. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane. Cindy Ashby. On the wake up. Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah. Just get your body to move. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Then on the wake up play. Won't stop till they hear what we say, yeah. Attention, African Americans. Our healthy and secure position in America is not going to come just because we've been here and have contributed to this country for several centuries. It is not going to come by just waiting for America to do the right thing. The culture of America is grounded in the evil driving force called the survival of the fittest. This concept justified racism and exploitation. This concept is still strong and is a major player in many of America's policies today. In ignorance, many of us have tagged along with this man-made cancer. But the Bible says, Envy not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. Therefore, we must turn more of our energies to the appreciation and the development of our own selves instead of begging those who pushed us down to extend their hands to pull us up. Look to the strength that God has created in you. We must stand up, assess the damage, put on the armor of self-appreciation, the sword of a healthy mindset, and fight. We are in a war in a serious mindset battle. A good starting step would be reading the book titled 
They stole it, but you must return it by Richard Williams. This book looks at the slavery experiences in America and how these experiences still affect African Americans and white Americans today. It is an easy and quick read. The book offers insights. It also offers methods and ways for the black family to become strong and healthy. And because of the many requests and the continuing need, this bestseller has been reprinted. But also it is available now on your iPhone, iPad, or computer. Now you can easily download the book from Amazon.com for only $3.99. Every American should read this book. It is a primer. To think unity, we must start with the same information. Get and read this book now. It is time for a mindset revolution. Shop Yet organization programs are finally here. Visit KSYET.org to register. We provide you with the mindset change information as an introduction to doing business in America. Our beginner's instructional services manual introduces the basic fundamentals to knowledge and understanding to begin your ladder to success. Call us at 725-200-8342. That's 725-200-8342 for more info. Kids Shop Yet Class sign up for the high school, young adult, and grown folks programs can be found at our website, ksyet.org. That's ksyet.org. If you don't decide your future, someone else will. Pass it on.